You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always. We're missing Rory and Shankers this week. They're not going to be on the show tonight, but we have Mark Wilson with us. Fresh off his first victory of the season with Stuart United. Wilson, how are we? Hi, well, first of all, um, I just want to say a big shout out to Rory Loy, who's serving a one-week suspension after his praising of Celtic last week. <laughs> Scott couldn't quite handle that, so put him in a one-week suspension. Shankers has uh, went out um, in support of uh, Scott, thinking it should have got a longer suspension. Um, but I'll, I'll miss the boys, but I've got my favourite panellist on tonight, so I'm quite happy. Well, the only referee that Wilson doesn't think is part of the establishment, Charlie Richmond's on. Charlie, how are we? I'm very well, Scott, very well. And, and I, maybe that's a, a privilege that I should share <laughs> <laughs> with Mark, <laughs> with the rest of my colleagues. <laughs> Brilliant, but we'll, we're going to start the show. Obviously, we'll be through the results and all the all the top four leagues in the SPFL, and we'll take take a look at some news over the week. But we'll start with some kind of sad news we've heard over the past few hours about the the incident involving Kyogo Furuhashi. I'll just explain quickly what's happened for people that don't know. Basically, uh, press press release came out this morning, the, this afternoon from Rangers, basically saying they were looking into investigation, which alleges that uh, fans have been making racist abuse towards uh, Celtic striker Kyogo Furuhashi. I've seen the video. I know a lot of people who will be watching this will have seen the video. It doesn't look good. Wilson, it's just another example of ridiculous just behaviour from certain people about just... Yes. Again, and, and we had this discussion when it was the, the incident in the, with Glenn Kamara. You know, do you give these people the airtime because they don't deserve it? And do you talk about it? Do you sweep it under the carpet? Should we, you know, should we get into any in-depth discussion? If you don't discuss it, you know, you'll be accused of being a Rangers supporter. If you go into great in-depth analysis about it, you'll be accused of being a Celtic supporter. But again, you know, I thought a lot of these things had kind of moved on in, in the way society has. Um, I know there's been issues with the whole Black Lives Matter thing recently and taking a knee and all that. But again, you can't, you can't, you know, have, have that level of abuse aimed at anybody, never mind whether, who, who he plays for. Um, and it's just sad that it's come to the surface again and, and we've got to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I'll just read a, sta- a statement Rangers put out about maybe about half an hour ago. Our club spokesman has said, Rangers condemn all form of racism and discrimination. Those who indulge in such behaviour are not representatives of our club or the loyal support who have stood by us through thick and thin. Charlie, obviously this is a... This has something that's come up before, and Kyogo Furuhashi has been in this country a month and already it's things like that are coming up. It is just sad that in twenty twenty one we're still talking about things like that. Yeah, but the 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 campaigns are going on. The media companies really need to start looking at themselves. Let's look inwards before we look outwards from these points. And I get it that you can make a fictitious account and then spite vile abuse and then go away with regards to that. 
definitely there's no a place in society for for any form of racial abuse or any other abuse whatever the case may be and i'm i'm, I'm going to agree with mark there <laughs> if you don't get airtime you're seen as the other thing um, but you don't want to spend a lot of time on it. And that's my personal opinion. I don't think somebody who sits behind a keyboard and trolls and does all that should get any respect. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, what's, what is the next step? How can this be eradicated? Obviously, we we hope and expect police prosecutions to be made. Hopefully, these people that have, that have done this can receive lifetime bans. Hopefully, they never see a football park again. What, what do you think is the kind of logical steps to stop this from happening? Unfortunately, it's not going to stop. I don't think um, it will just it will rear its ugly head every now and then. And despite the kind of efforts that Rangers as a football club and some of the supporters have put in with the everyone, anyone, you know, campaigns and whatnot. And I'm not just this. This isn't just about Rangers now. This, this is about society in general and, and, and every team. And I, I just don't think it will ever change. Unfortunately, and I, I don't matter how much money they throw at it, there's always going to be a you know a minority of people that are not going to follow it now. And again, and I would say this if it was the same, um, if the fixture next Sunday was at Parkhead, next Sunday and the subsequent Sundays at Old Fungies, all you're going to hear is 90 minutes of songs that you could be deemed out of a sectarian element. Now, is there any difference between racism and sectarianism? You know, and and that's unfortunately just just the way it's going to be. Yes, and I know people maybe go to Ibrox or Parkhead and do it for those four ninety minutes a season, and then don't even think about it the rest of the time. But obviously, within all sections of support, you know, there's an element um, that this is just going to lead its, its ugly head, especially with, especially when things are close. You know, I think if you know one team was so far ahead, you know, of the other, then it probably wouldn't happen. I mean, I'm not just blaming old firm fans here. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable as a as a song Kilmarnock supporters sing um, about Air United, which they're entitled to do. And um, but some of the words in it now, you know, are not they are racist words, but they're not meant in a racist form. But you, you just can't do that now. These, these songs just can't be sung now. And I, and I was I was having this conversation actually this afternoon. You know, in, in Scott, you made a great point on our chat about television programs and you know Ant and Deck and all these guys are coming out and apologise for things they've done previously. I was watching Only Fools and Horses the other day, and it came out on the channel saying that there may be some uh, jokes made that are of a racist element or something, you know, blah blah blah. And they're now cutting jokes out from television programs forty years ago. Now they're obviously not meant at that time, but there was a lot more things acceptable then. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think, I think it's a big society problem. Yeah, and, and, it's, and see if you look at who's making it. I think the majority percentage of these people are younger people. I would reckon, and I would go and say that they're probably late teens, early twenties, who they don't know how to communicate. They've been brought up with hiding behind tweets and 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 so forth. And I would guarantee that that's the majority of things that is happening. And please take this in the content that it's made. Um, you should employ these people that phone you up and tell you you've got a problem with your internet connection and your computer. And you should, go, and you should get them to try and trace through the the, the, uh, the media platforms of who these people are. And for there, you know these scam callers that tell you, oh, you've got a you've got thingies in your computer and you go up here and connect it and all that. You should try and get them to, to weed out who they are. But 
on a serious note, can the social media platforms make sure that you have to have the correct username, passwords, and absolute. And if you're making up fictitious ones, I know it might be a wee bit hard to get it and it doesn't go any further. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Scott. I think we just have to be careful here. And although this is the, the today's issue has been highlighted that it's Rangers supporters, unfortunately, this could be any supporters. I'm quite sure on any support. Yeah, yeah, and any yeah. supporters buses. Now again, some can be seen as banter, etc. But let's let's not. And I'm, I should be I should be the first. You know, I know we have a great a great laugh on this channel. But this is this is at the moment Rangers supporters. This could be any club supporters that sing certain songs. You know, I actually saw a good thing on Twitter today, and I'll just I'll, I'll quote it, where um, Rangers, eh, sorry, Comarnock fans sing up to their knees in air blood. Dundee fans have a different word with Arab blood. Is that now unacceptable in society? I know that's what Dundee United have a kind of nickname or call themselves Arabs. Is that acceptable? You know, whereas we know the words to to, to what uh, the Rangers supporters sing. Now you'd have thought. No, there's no difference there in, in, in this day and age. So let's let's just not be kid ourselves on that. This is just an issue with Rangers supporters. But as Charlie says, this is a societal issue. And it's just today that it's Rangers fans that have yeah. been caught or thing with it. And as I say, it, it's the club you feel sorry for because I say the club are obviously trying to do things, you know, with, with different things. But there's always that element within every support um, that's going to do something completely stupid. Yeah, definitely. It's just been a, a rather unsavoury incident. We hope, obviously, the proper investigations are made and prosecutions take place. But we'll move into the, the football that took place over the weekend. It was another great week. There was a lot of really good action. We'll start at Parkhead. Celtic, a 6 0 win again against Marin. David Turnbull with a hat trick. Leela Bader with a double and Odson Edward with the goals. Wilson, it was just relentless from Celtic from the minute go. When Ange Postacoglu said at the start of his managerial run, he wanted to go from the first to final whistle. The players are doing that for him just now. They're playing some excellent football and they're scoring goals, and that's two things they weren't doing last season. Yeah, um, and they're obviously buying into um, his way of thinking and the way he wants to play football. You saw that with the kind of the subjects of uh, Tony Ralston and um, some other players, Ryan Christie, and it was actually it was actually a, 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 a Rangers supporter that I saw again on social media, said, look at the difference in Shane Duffy when he's actually coached, you know, in comparison to what he was last year. Now, again, I don't think Neil Lennon's recent media interviews are covering him in any sort of glory either. What's your thoughts on that before we, like, I was keen to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, he came out and said about Edward. Do you, what do you think he's doing there? Is it just to take the blame away from himself or is it to... I, I think he'd just be better hiding it under a rock just now and not trying to, to rock the boat in any way. Obviously, Neil feels aggrieved at the way things ended. And, and, and to a certain extent, I can understand that. You, you, and I said this, you know, back last October in that very first old firm game, those players had down tools. They had down tools for that manager. Now, again, we don't know because they're on the inside, you know. Um, yes, he was successful first time around. Kind of very successful second time around, but those those players lack well under Neil Lennon had down tools. Now Neil Lennon's obviously got a great with someone, and I would rather just come out and said who it was. You know, ran bits and pieces. He's, he's now everyone's getting the blame, um, you know, except himself, which I find bizarre. And as I said that in the chat last night, you know, 
is he trying to write a book or something about last season? Is he trying to sell sell, sell books? Because that's what it sounds like now with this, with this whole blame culture. Now, again, if what we're led to believe in the press, the likes of Ayer and Edward were promised moves and that didn't happen, I don't think that's Neil Lennon's fault. Neil, Neil Lennon doesn't decide, no, no, we'll keep Edward and we'll keep Ayer. If suitable bids come in for these players, which they probably did um, last year, because not last year, the year before, they played very, very well, um, then it's up to the club, not Neil Lennon, who decides who gets transferred in and out. We saw that with some of the signings. He's come out and said that the likes of Barkas and all these diddies won his signings. So if the player's coming in on his call, surely the player's going out, isn't his call? So I would, I would like Neil Lennon to do a proper interview and just say, this is what happened. You know, rather than all these kind of wee, wee, wee bits and bobs. Now, again, it's obvious from a punter's eyes and her eyes, Eduardo had down tools last year. Absolutely, no doubt. You know, but he's obviously, and again, we spoke about this with some of the Rangers players as well. Are they putting them, they try to put themselves in the short window for the next week, you know, by kind of upping their performances? Because, you know, six months ago, you wouldn't have got a million pounds for Eduardo, and now all of a sudden he's scoring a few goals, looks to be enjoying it again. So, Which, are you have you been impressed with the way they've played the last couple of games? Like, who's kind of been standing out to you, Wilson? Uh, see, boys, the, the tempo they play at um, make, makes it enjoyable to watch, you know. And I, and again, and I know um, we spoke about you know playing the first one to last. Every single manager from kids football to <laughs> you know Bayern Munich is, go, is, is going to say things like that. But as I say, the, the style of play is is, is different. It's, it's, it's good to watch. But again, I always hop back, and I know you saw a goat me in the chat quite a lot about it. Like, these are pretty much the, the same kind of players that Neil Lennon had. And so the players obviously have all the power in terms of, I don't know if I'm going to play well this week, you know, um, to show up. But obviously, fresh blood always helps a team as well when you've got the new signings, Abada and Kyogo um, coming in. So it is impressive to watch. But what I would say... As with the greatest respect, um, Altmar's a fantastic result. I know we're going to touch on that later. They've beat St Mirren and Dundee at home, and they've beat J- Jablanek in Europe. Can't so, no farm game comes at the right time for them. No, because and I know you can't. You know, it's the biggest game in the world for me, and I know you can't kind of decide when, when they play it. But I always hate how they've got both got away ties in Europe. Um, on the Thursday to then play at 12 o'clock on the Sunday. And I know we be glad to be in Europe and whatnot, but I just feel, you know, if you had a week to prepare, it's such you might get a higher a higher level of match because Celtic has played a lot of games, you know, and some players, as much as, you know, Postacoglu said, first minute to last minute, players get tired. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're Callum McGregor, who plays every game for club and country. Um, so, I, I hope kind of tiredness, travel, fatigue, etc., doesn't kind of affect the game on Sunday. Um, but it's it's definitely one looking f- looking forward to it, to give for Celtic to try and give Rangers some sort of challenge this year. Yeah, definitely. Charlie, what's been your thoughts on Celtic so far? Obviously, a, a big result, big performance on Sun- Saturday, getting the three points and six goals. Are you impressed with the way they've kind of upped their game in the past few weeks? Yeah, I think it all comes with the training ground. I think uh, the word coming out of Lennox Town is the training is a lot more high intense. It's a lot of short, sharp intensity stuff, and you see that, and that's how that Postecoglou wants to play, high intensity moving it from that point. I remember Neil Lennon saying that we, we were getting the ball forward too quick sometimes or things like that. He wants to 
you take it for there. Going back to that point, maybe just a case of Neil Lennon keeping his face in the media for jobs that are coming available. So managers have got to think about that as well. But I think the biggest thing nowadays is, is, is agents' impact. Agents can have a lot to say on what happens, and they can they can feed their pals in the media wee stories, and that can get changed in all regards to that. Yes, Celtic have started very, very good, but let's know, and, and they've blew away a decent Dundee team. St Man went down to 10 men early. Mark, you'll probably relate to this better than what I can. Turning up without your manager, that can sometimes have a, an influence as well. The number two, not yet, being the main man, passes on the information with regards to there. But the style of football, yes, Celtic have, have had the ground running. Charlie, we'll get Wilson's thoughts on this in a minute because I know he's keen to bring it up, but there was a red card, obviously, for Alan Power that we'll get your thoughts on. And obviously, as well, Ryan Christie's challenge. What was your thoughts on both challenges? Was Power's a straight red, without doubt? Yeah, he's off the ground. As soon as, and this is what any advice to players nowadays, as soon as you leave the ground and you don't get the ball, you, I'll take that even out the road, the way you win the ball, as soon as you go off the ground, your minimum yellow card. And Power has went off the ground with a wide open scissor challenge and he's high on the Celtic player's leg and he's not played the ball. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the tick-off boxes for a referee to make a decision. Opportunity to play the ball. So I think Power is a red card and Ryan Christie's is a yellow card. Why that's my why that's my views and those. Like, well, sometimes the, the the potential of because he got the ball. Right. I think it's the ways went in to get it. Sometimes when you see a player coming towards you, in in a in a manner, you just step out the road or you leave the ball and he touches the ball. And um, with regards to that side, so you look at it for that point. That's what I'd have been looking uh, for those two type of challenges. Wilson, give us the response. Are you agreeing with the decision of Fowler's red card and Christie's no booking? Uh, 100% agree with what Charlie said in both counts, to be honest. But I think I think what Wally Collum's doing there is I think he's letting Celtic away with a couple because he knows next week they're going to get absolutely nothing. And then when Celtic fans get to social media to complain about the 27 penalties that Madden awards at Ibrox next week for a home side, then they'll say, "Ah, oh, but I've got Ryan Christie got away without a booking." <laughs> so I think, I think, I think that's what I think. Bobby had obviously phoned Willie on the Friday night and said, <laughs> let, "Let them off with a couple because I'll be absolutely putting them through the mill uh, next next week." We'll go into we'll go into the other game on Saturday. Livingston won Motherwell two. Motherwell came from behind to pick up the first win of the season. Goals from Watt and Grimshaw cancelled out. Alan Flores Livingston goal. Charlie Motherwell obviously the bar. Played really well against Hibs and come up short, but it's been a, a decent start. First one of the season, I'll be a big result going there, going to Livingston and getting a victory. Yes, yeah, particularly on the Astro pitch as well for that point. Uh, Tony Watt, again, will be an important player for him. Uh, banging in the goals, trying to be the, the kind of top goal scorer with regards to there. Um, the mother will play great football. No particularly for that side. So sometimes the old smash and grab. When you're done one nothing, can we get the three points out of it? They managed to get it for there. 
Motherwell will probably uh, be up the top of the bottom six for that side. Whereas Livingston, I think Livingston will struggle. I think the, uh, how can I be as kind to, to Mr Martindale, but I think his bubble's burst. He started off great and all of a sudden he's just in a downward slope and, and he's, he's now reaching into the buckets of reserves to see how he can turn this, the team round about. Uh, I thought that, okay, they took the lead, but they didn't, they didn't then go on and try and dominate the way that Livingston normally play. Loss of players, I get it, but I think I think Livingston will be, if knowing the relegation spot, they'll certainly be in the playoff spot. Wilson, what was your thoughts in the game yesterday between Murrow and Livingston? Oh, yeah. Can I worry for Livingston picking up three straight defeats so far at the start of the season? Aye, I was I was worried about Livingston, you know, from the from the start of the season. Um again, these are the games that they, they would be looking at. As I say, I don't think Mother were any great cop this year either. Um that means we'll probably win the treble now, right enough. I've said that. Um but as I say, as I, I agree with Charlie again, his analysis is spot on. Livingston looked decent till they scored. Then all of a sudden they just kind of thought, right, well, we'll take a one-nil. And they sat back a wee bit and let guys like Watt, etc., run at them. Um, and as I say, it was it was a bit of a scra- scrappy goal. And there seems to be a kind of mistake in the Livingston goalie. You know, I felt should have done better for the second goal. Um, but again, that even at this early stage in the season, I, I think you could class you know that one as a six-pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I say, Livingston are, are starting to struggle a wee bit. Yeah, definitely. We'll move into today's games. There's four took place today. Dundee two, Habs two. Kevin Nisbet was missing. Wilson, do you think he could be one of the players that could be heading elsewhere? Uh, well, I, 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 seen, I saw rumours it was Nisbet and a few quid. Eh, sorry, Griffiths and a few quid for Nisbet um, to Celtic. Um, no, I, I don't read into it. Um, I, I think the the only way I think it would happen was come, you know, a couple of years before the transfer window closes, um, that and Eduard goes, then the Nisbet bid, and I think Celtic in, in that situation could possibly end up paying over the odds for him just to get another striker in the door. That's the only way I really see that happening, to be honest. I still think Lee Griffiths is a better player than Kevin Nisbet. Um, and I'd be if I was pushed a coggle, I'd be trying to get Lee Griffiths back in the straight and narrow and get his head in the game uh, rather than Chucking two, three million pound at, at, at Hibs for Nisbet, to be honest. Charlie, what's your thoughts on the Kevin Nisbet situation? Sorry, yeah, I think, yeah. Again, it's a speculation story, and this is where you've got to try and find out where these come from. He's obviously ill, and and uh, Jack Ross has said that, and, and and Jack Ross is probably one of the most honest managers in the game, and for that, sometimes managers deflect the question. Uh, that quite well, but Jack's up there in front, of, and uh, he's out. And that's it for there. Yeah, the only thing I could see in meriting in that is what Mark said. If, if a striker from Celtic or Rangers go out the door uh, and, and it'll be a quick turnaround from another uh, striker from a from a, another Premiership club with regards to there. What, what will Nisbet bring to Celtic at the moment? And he, Edward Stillard... His head might not be in the game, but he's still a striker. He's still a goal scorer with regards to that. And the young boy has has hit the ground running with that, um, banging in the goals, his movement, etc. So, Postacoglu, he's got to set it up with, with regards to the So, sometimes there's just no room. You think he would the Celtic style of play, Nisbet? 
compared to like if you as you say about Furuhashi, you can see kind of sometimes if they're playing with Furuhashi, they can play with maybe a false nine. Do you think Nisbet could do that job? Because Nisbet seems to no, be a penalty. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think Nisbet's probably a penalty boat striker yeah. from there, whereas Celtic are playing with high tempo mm-hmm. and there's a lot of movement in, in the, the final third nowadays uh, with regards to that, whereas I think Nisbet's just maybe a, a, a standalone target man um, from there. I don't I don't see him fitting into Postecoglou. I, I think, I think I, though, maybe if, if there was, you know, kind of, chance that he was going to sign it, you know, there, there, needs, there needs to be that plan B as well, you know, I always, <laughs> I always think, you know, if plan A is not working, you need a different plan, so let's chuck it up to the big boy in the box, you know, because Celtic do tend to get a lot of crosses into the box um, as, as well, now again, the fantastic movement you get from Eduardo and Kyogo at the moment, but some sometimes when you're up against it, you're maybe playing against a team of equal ability, that can pass the ball about as well, sometimes you need to change it, you know, Chris Sutton and John Hartson scored a lot of goals for Celtic, but I tell you, a lot of them are headers. Right. You know, so sometimes you need a bit of plan, plan, plan B as well. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a great sign. I just think Lee Griffiths is a, is a better player than him. But one of the players that Celtic they knew is you were talking about Christie turning a league. Look at Rodic now. Mm-hmm. For there, with regards to that, him coming in, he's a different. He still only plays an hour every week though. But he's still <laughs> a major contribution in that hour, and he's a big boy. You right. could put you could put him up. And, and, and look at it, the, the issue is when Hartson and Sutton played up there, they were, they were, that was Martin O'Neill's philosophy. Every player in, in that team was about six foot. Mm-hmm. And, and then you had Henry Larson doing the running um, with regards to that. I don't think that's Postacoglu's style. I think he wants to play through the, through the gaps, through the lines, get it wide and in the box. For, for finishing front post runs, etc., etc. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Nisbet's a, a Postic is on his radar. I think Postecoglou is more interested in, in other players far and wide. Yeah, there's talk about the Eredivisie top goal scorer that could make movement in the next couple of days, and there's also talk about a couple of other strikers. But I think they're more if Edward goes in, in the Wilson like that's yeah. I, we I, do I, think I, we do think he's going to go, don't we? Like uh, yeah. I, th- I think I think he will. Again, I, don't think I don't think they'll get yeah. what the what they probably want for him. To be honest, but obviously Celtic have to have someone in place that's ready to come in. You know, hours after Ed- Edward leaves, and as I say, I hope it's not one of these ones that comes to half eleven in the Sunday night or the Monday night, whatever it is. Yeah, before but- the transfer window closes, then and as I say, then you start to pay over the odds for players that you're thinking. You know, and that's maybe that's maybe Hibbs's game. Hibbs are maybe saying well, Celtic. The later this goes on, they could chuck four million at us from this, but where is is it, is he worth that? Did that not happen before between Hibs and Celtic? Uh, who uh, who was it? <laughs> was it not a certain Mr. Scott Brown? Uh, he was worth every penny. Talking about yeah. man, 150 trophies that guy's won. They paid but, 150 million for him at the time. But the time scale it was done uh, in regards to there and for there. Yeah. And I, I think they missed out on Kevin Thompson because he went to Rangers. Yeah, there was a bit. Well. That Hibs team, that Hibs team with their players was a phenomenal team. See if they'd have kept together for another season. Mm-hmm. Gary Cobble, etc. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. But the, the current mm-hmm. Hibs team got a, a point away to Dundee. Uh, Cummings gave Dundee the lead, and then Boyle and Porteous brought it back for Hibs before McGowan scored a late equaliser. Charlie, it says a lot about Dundee's character going to Parkhead and getting demolished, and then 
picking up a point against a team who are really on top of them for a large portion of the game. Yes, yeah. And I, I think Dundee's home form, now, they're not going to get judged in a way that the result away at Parkhead and yeah. away at Ibrox. Now, you, you could probably turn around and not publicly, okay, but James McPake will, will say, right, I'll write that game off, I'll write that game off, I'll write that game off, I'll write that game off. Right, guys, a bit of what we're saying about Livingston, this is what we need to do and we need to match it with regards to there. And and Dundee have done a, a good bit of business by bringing in experienced players um, for that. Cummins will get them a lot of goals. Charlie Adams drives them through um, with regards to there and, and uh, the boy that scored at the end there, the, the old yeah. heed. McGowan for there. So I think Dundee will be in the bottom six, but they'll be the top end of the bottom six and they'll keep getting results at home because they're a decent team to watch as well. Can they play attractive football as well? Um, and, and they'll go and pick up points away as well. Yeah. Well, so what was your thoughts on Dundee Habs 2-2? Two, two. Big point for Dundee. Yeah, I actually watched the first half um, today. It just appeared at 12 o'clock. I thought I was uh, sitting watch. I actually started well. Dundee started really well. Um, but again, I think I was going to ask Charlie on the penalty decision. No, a penalty. It's a free kick outside the box. Aye, but, but it doesn't I'm, carry going, on. I'm going to argue the point here, Charlie. You can keep me correct. Was the referee thinking that Jamie Murphy was still at Rangers? And that's why he gave the penalty. <laughs> Is that possibly that he think... He thought, oh, there's Jamie Murphy getting a wee nudge. I better maybe give a penalty here. And then he realised, wait a minute, they're wearing green and white. And he plays for him, so he tried to rescind it. That, that's, that's what I thought at the time. Um, certainly, anyway. Um, but I was actually, no, again, it was only the first half I watched. It was actually not a bad game to watch. And um, Paul, Paul McGill's celebration for the equaliser was yeah, class. Absolutely. Really class broke his leg, didn't he? I, 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 slipped I, I, slipped. <laughs> but I, I hate when they get booked for that, but I appreciate that's that's a lot. But yeah, I, I think it's um I think it maybe shows you how close it might be from the old firm down. Now again, I had my doubts at the start of the season about Celtic with so many players, etc., and they were the challengers, and I thought there could be a wee surprise this year. Um, but as it looks at the moment, you know, again, out with, I think, like Livingston, Ross County, St. Murnau had a terrible start. Dundee, I don't think, you know, third third to seventh is, 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 is hard to predict. Yeah. Um, but again, I've I think... I've missed both, a few players today, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, th I think both managers, I think Dundee had a couple of COVID cases as well. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. I think both managers felt they could have won the game. Um, so maybe a draw is a fair result. Yeah, definitely. But we'll move on to two teams who could be up the top top half of the season. They're both unbeaten after three games so far. Hearts won, Aberdeen won. Boyce gave Hearts a lead through a penalty before yeah. Funzo Ojo equalised. Did they see the cap fiasco before the game? No, what happened? Yeah, I, did Aberdeen have to wear last year's third kit? Aberdeen had to wear last year's third kit because the maroon clashed with the red and white. And the other alternative could have been Aberdeen wearing hearts away strip from this season, but they reached the decision to wear the Aberdeen strip from this. I thought Aberdeen's so, away strip was all white, though. I, I don't know. I think well, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite shocked to find out about that because the communication between the clubs and the, and the, the, the week prior, Wednesday being the latest, and the referees copied into the, in the email of what, what you're wearing, what you're wearing. 
So I'm surprised that they've turned up in any way, shape or form with colour clashes. Uh, the only thing that clashes nowadays is, is the goalkeeper's aspects. I'm a bit surprised about that. Yeah, it was a fiasco at the start of the game and there was the talk... Nothing the, the surprises thing, you with those referees, Charlie, come the, on. See, the thing that surprises me, surely there would have been an uproar if Aberdeen had went out with hearts a week out. 100%, because I'll tell you a true story. I was involved in a game. Uh, Clyde Bank played at Morton. Clyde Bank played their home games at Morton one season and they were playing against St Mun. Now, Clyde Bank were the home team playing in red and white. Mm-hmm. And St. Mun turned up with their away team strip, which was red and white. St. Mun had to wear Morton's tartan strip. <laughs> and they ran out to and yeah, one I heard the St. Mun supporters. The Buchanan's Toffees was the sponsor. <laughs> that was and Yawani, I heard it. Jeez, right for 90 minutes constant. The the manager St. Mun at the time came for he went, he was a manager of Alawa. And then he went to St Mum, he was a school teacher. Max Christie? No, no. Hendry, Hendry. Tom Hendry. Tom Hendry. And he was saying, he says, oh, I'll take the flak, don't worry about it. <laughs> You're thinking, all right, on you go, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. But, but nowadays, what... that's what happens. You get the, the email between yeah. the two kit men. And that tells you what you're wearing. Yeah, so it it's definitely so shouldn't happen. Yeah, 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 it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. But both both sides got a point. Wilson frantic game, probably a fair result. I don't know. Some background that I feel here. So what was your question, Scott? I'm saying both sides are picked up a point. It'd probably be a fair result in the end. Yes, I as I say, I think they, they, those two and Hibs, they, they'll be the ones challenging for, for third place. Um as I say, I heard there was a kind of raucous atmosphere um, as well. And I think there was an incident at the end of the game with Nielsen and Brown. As I say, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to comment too early, but I'm sure it was Robbie Nielsen's fault. <laughs> Charlie, what, what was... Did you catch what happened between Nielsen and Brown? It just went up at the... This is, this is another thing we're talking about as well. Why do we bring everybody to shake hands at the end of the game? Uh, Nielsen went up to shake hands with the officials. Right, that's one. If you watch Robbie Nielsen, every time he goes on to the park nowadays and he goes on to shake your hand, but sometimes he can have a, a snidey remark. And that's what's happened. Him and Scott Brown have obviously had snidey remarks between them and it's just flared up. Um, and, and then Bobby Madden's went in and, and stepped him for there and he's just grabbed Robbie Nielsen, run about the waist and ushered them right off the park and right up the tunnel. And you actually see him going up the tunnel and he's, you can see him saying, look, calm down, don't cause me any problems. And he pats him in the shoulder and gets away out the road um, for there. So that, that was it. It was a, a bit of handbag stuff for there. But reading, Bobby's uh, whispered into his ear, I've got a spare for next Sunday if you want it, <laughs> <laughs> But all going thing there, Aberdeen were, Aberdeen were disappointed with a, a point. They thought they should have maybe have scored a second goal in the second half. They thought they were more dominant um, for that. But again, it shows you Stephen Glass going in there, rallying the troops and and saying to yourself, right, we're coming away for Tynecastle, disappointed we've picked up a, a point. Yeah, definitely. But we'll move into the other, one of the other games as well. D United picked up a big one away victory against uh, the League Cup and Scottish Cup winners from Johnston. Peter Pollitt had a, a, an interesting day, scored yeah, the winning right. goal and then got sent off. Was it for diving, Charlie? Was it the celebration? Then yeah, diving got sent off yeah he got cautioned for the, the celebration. And, and this is one thing you've got to watch as players... 
there's a, the sterile area is the track, but see, as soon as you involve in fans, you're into the subject of the fan, and it's a safety, it's a crowd safety issue. And that's why he's cautioned, because it's his own fans. People would argue, why is he getting cautioned for getting into his own fans? But it's the subject, and the majority of, of, of people in the front row of this terraces nowadays are the younger kids. So that's why it was for there. But if, if there's any bit of advice I could give Don Robertson was he should have been cautioned in his next tackle. And then there would have been absolutely no qualms about being ordered off for the second cautionable offence. But because he lets that go, and then Callum Davison does touch him, but is it enough contact to bring him down? And the way Peter Pollock goes down puts doubt in mind that Don Robertson saying that looks so unnatural and that's why you get cautioned for, for the simulation. But if Don had just gave it the second yellow card for the previous tackle, which was about 30 seconds, a minute earlier, that wouldn't have caused any qualms. So managing the game sometimes comes into it. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, it's a hard-fought result for the United picking up a victory. There was one player that really impressed me, Dylan Levitt, who's in loan from Man United, looks a tidy player, but it's a good result for the United. Yes, um, as I say, I think we thought <clears throat> they, we, they would struggle this year. I know I certainly did. Um, but again, it, it comes down to, you know, they beat Rangers, you know, so there's a wee bit of buzz about the place. And they're thinking we're actually not as bad as we think we are. And they've kind of upped it again. Whereas St. Johnson are they getting a wee bit flat now because they they're not used to playing so many games. I know they had great cup runs last year, but this early in the season, and again, taking into account travelling all that, these players will just won't be used to that. Um, you know, and I kind of sometimes wonder is that a kind of expected result, you know, you know, today um, with the European exercise, there's another European game coming up uh, this week as well. So maybe I was right about Callum Davis not along, Scott. Maybe this is what's mm. happening here. He's maybe in a downward spiral now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It could be. Could well be. It's a but... big ask. It's, it's a, a big, big ask, ask to be that, yeah. For a small squad, yeah. It's a bit as. But it's also a big ask and having personal experience it's, it's to go into Europe and concentrate and do your best for, a, for a, 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 an important game and then come back into the country trying to get into the recovery side of things because this sports science has taken over and it's all about resting and getting it done for there and bring it in. For the, for the final whistle on the Thursday, Thursday night St. Johnson played until the, the the start of the game, it'd be amazing the amount of time Callum Davison would have working with his players because of the rest and recovery and go on for there. And St. Johnston don't have a big squad. So if you're playing the same players all the time, particularly in this, because their pre-season would have been cut short because of getting into the qualifiers. Mm -hmm. So it's a big ask for St. Johnston. So see while St. Johnston are still progressing in Europe, You'll see a wee dip in their, in their league form. But see, don't take this the wrong way, but see, once they go out of Europe, then they'll start to climb uh, and, and do well um, yeah. for that. Yeah. Rangers got, the, got a win on the board, a 4-2 victory at Dingwall against Ross County. Goals from Maribo, goals to Morelos and Arfield team with the three points. Charlie, Rangers going forward today, they look terrific, but they've still got that wee defensive weakness Defense. that we've seen at the start of the season. <laughs> They've lost three goals in three games in the league this season. It took them nine games last season to, to lose three goals. 
could that be their weakness potentially? Yes, yes. Does Steven Gerrard know who his best two centre back pairings are? Yeah, that's because, because the, the do you think that's again, the thought of, of the two games that's coming up? Yeah, it could well be. He could be looking at to who's going to do who's going to do Goldston? Who's going to be my partner for Goldston? Because when you look at the the Malmo game, two goals within ten minutes. Then the return leg, two goals within ten minutes, yes. and, and and it's, it's it was different centre half pairings with regards to that as well. So at the moment, as much as Tavener is a shoe on, and then uh, okay, Bassey come in, didn't they magnificently well? But you would normally associate Barisic with that position. Mm -hmm. So as much as the wing backs are, are shoehorned in. Who's this other? Who's and if you put somebody in to a back four, they can cause a lot of problems rather than harmonise it. So they'll be on the defensive training ground to try and 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 nullify that. But again, when they were playing well last season, it was still the defensive aspect was a, a wee bit under question. Getting into the old firm game, the 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 want to tighten that right up. And as much as Celtic's defensive is a problem as well, so maybe a game where defences are not on top next weekend. Yeah, definitely. Wilson, it's looking a really tasty clash next Sunday with the, both sides scoring goals and both sides have deficiencies to make mistakes at the back. Both sides all will be grand full of confidence after after a win, two wins like that this weekend. Yeah, but then they could have mixed results in Europe come mm -hmm. Thursday. How, know, big, how big is Europe before? How big is that European was it the European games for both clubs? And well, to to be honest, I I, I kind of put them on the back burner. As I said, I wasn't confident at the start of the season. You know, with a new manager who was untried and untested, bringing in guys that let's be honest, none of us had heard of, apart from maybe Joe Hart. Um, and you're thinking it's maybe two players this week, two players the following week. There's rumours every week about who they're going to sign. Uh, who they're not going to sign. And I thought it'd be a bit of a jigsaw and it would just take time to, you know, set the puzzle up. But they've they've done remarkably well, Celtic, and after, you know, can get put out of the Champions League. Um, Rangers, again, would be disappointed um, in, the, in, the, in the Champions League exit. But I just think, I felt the difference last year. Now, I know um, Rangers were well on top last year, but the difference last year, you know, was Alan McGregor. So those defensive discrepancies at Rangers last year were still there. It's just they couldn't be exploited because of how good a season or how good a goalkeeper in general Alan McGregor is. Um, Celtic, again, Charlie's right. You know, you look at those names in paper and you think, I would, I would love to be playing up front against that, you know, that defensive line. So it could it could be in. It could, it could be in for a five each. Um, um, game in terms of current performances. I didn't know that stat about how many goals Rangers had conceded either. Yeah. So it will, it, will, it will be interesting from that point of view. But as usual, I think the referee will have the final <laughs> saying who uh, he, 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 want, he wants to win. Um, and is, 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 Bal is Ballon, is he going to play basketball next week like he did today that went unpunished? Have you seen that that highlight? Yeah, I saw that. I thought I, I, could, I, couldn't <laughs> see the, I, I couldn't see the free kick that David Monroe had given. For that at the front that post. Volleyball, Charlie, that know? doesn't mean to say that it wasn't the one there, but I thought, yeah, they were lucky to get away. I need to really scrutinise, but I never saw a free kick at the front post of which David Monroe go, but Balligan 
uh, handball. Bassies was a handball as well for there. Uh, Joe Aribo's goal was a fantastic, yeah, terrific goal. He's a he's a fantastic player. If you play well, on further forward, that shows your invite on next week, Charlie. That's for there, you're on. Praise, uh, praise Rangers, well done. But um, you've got, I, I, see, I, I haven't, I haven't, I just, I saw that we won it. I haven't seen the highlights, but it's uh, a terrific again, take. It's a terrific finish. It's just a. I, I'm, 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 I'm no doubting that. And again, he, he brought on Arfield, and Arfield scored as well. Yeah, yeah front running. Do you, yeah. do you think? Scott, you're probably the best place to answer this. What do you think the midfield three will be for Rangers next? Come, uh, sorry, come Sunday. Not I think it'll be probably Davis, Kamara, and Aribo. And what do you think it'll be in Thursday? The same three? Yeah, well, obviously Kamara. I think Kamara suspended, so I would Still imagine right, okay, probably right, yeah. Lunchman will be suspended as well. So it'll probably be Davis, maybe Davis, Arfield, and Aribo. But again. Is there two 90 minutes in Scott Arfield in exactly, the nicest possible way? That's the thing as well. When, you're probably yeah, he's just I mean, coming back. How, how far away is Ryan Jack? Is he? Is he really? I think he's a few weeks. I think he's a few weeks away. Now, obviously, from the Euros, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, do you go with the team, the best players in the team, or do you go with the team that's in the best form? Because left back's an interesting position. Like, Barris is not in the squad today, or is he out? I think he has injured. I think to be right, fair, okay. he has. He has been. Sorry, he wasn't in the Euros. squad. I was like, wow. But if if Barris is just fat. I think he's a far better player than Calvin Bassey. I know Bassey's still young and will improve leaps and bounds, but mm-hmm. do you bring if Barisic is ready to play, do you bring Barisic in for a game like that, or do you keep going with Bassey, who's done pretty well, hasn't done much wrong, obviously gave away the penalty today, but going forward he's looked pretty good. Who do you play? I, do you I, I think you always start with your strongest eleven or your best eleven. That's what I think as well. And and try and limit the changes, but see if see if uh, it's very difficult and. But Rangers go up 4-2. There wasn't a great lot of time, but get the boys after. When you try and make the game safe, then you get the players off to get rested. Don't change seven and, and, and five and six and seven players at once because that disrupts everything. It's better to try and start with the strongest team and get the job done and then rest the boys and, and bring the other guys on to, to, to keep them to try and hit the ground running. Because for me, I think this week in Europe is a big, big financial hit for both clubs if they don't make it through. Because mm-hmm. you're ending up something like uh, five, half a million pounds a win in, mm-hmm. in the group stage. And if you qualify through, you're, you're like 10 million pounds or something. It's, 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 to, to both those clubs, it's a lot of money. Yeah, Charlie, if you, were a, if you were a Celtic Rangers supporter, Charlie... Would you sacrifice a defeat on Thursday to win on Sunday? No. No, because if you lose on Thursday, you're out. Your your European thing is over. If you're, you in lo- the, you're in the Conference League. You're in there. Right, come on. And this is one of my pet hates. I Stuart are in that as well. And we start off, we start off at, and, and, and this is no slant in anybody, but you can start off in the Champions League. You can then get... Pro- parachuted into the Europa League mm-hmm. and then you can get parachuted into the Conference League. Mm-hmm. That's no fair. You, end, no. you get beat, you're out. And it's like starting off in the Scottish Cup. You then get parachuted into the Scottish Junior Cup and then you get <laughs> parachuted into the Scottish Amateur Cup. For, the, for me, if I was a Rangers and Celtic supporter, which I am not, um, Thursday me, night's no. the result. Sunday, Whatever happens on Sunday, there's still time to recover from. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I do think that if you gave, if you, you were a Rangers or Celtic fan, the, the biggest games on Sunday, I think that's no debate. But again, the the financial benefits big to both clubs. But we'll get into the championship now. I want to just bring Wilson in on this. The real, real reason why Rory Loy isn't here is because of the impact he had at Starts Park on Friday night. <laughs> One game he goes to and uh, the Exactly. <laughs> Shankers was right. He started talking to the floodlights and he switched himself <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though because this is I wanted to touch on this with Charlie. What what's the situation there? Like who made obviously it was the safety official that makes that decision, but what see if that game was behind closed doors, would that game have carried on? No. No. I'm just thinking as well, because it was a supporters supporter safety hang. Supporter safety was the reason it was postponed, but I don't I don't I don't fully understand the situation. What I'm imagining happened was that both lights went both lights went out in both stands and it caused the game to be postponed. But does the referee get a say in that? Oh aye. Yeah the ref they would come to the referee and say look we've got a problem with this and that aspect of it. And as much as referees and that we, we keep talking about player safety and that aspect of it. You've got to think of the safety of everybody mm-hmm. uh, when you're looking at that side of things. Now, the safety officer, it, it's a bit like um, the, the, I don't know if they have it in the championship, but they usually have an, SP, an SPFL delegate at the games, and they're there as the representative. So there'll be communication between that. But when it becomes uh, a safety issue, every I would assume that every referee would take a step back and be guided by the club's safety officer and, and you would look at it from that point. Now, if there's a difference of opinion with regards to that side of things, all right, we're not worried about the, the supporters, we'll carry on and play the football. That becomes a bit stupid mm-hmm. um, with regards to there. So there's, there's certain things that happen and, and, and you, you go through, but ultimately when you hear the word of safety, mm-hmm. the referee then takes his, 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 his common sense to step back and then let the people decide from that. On the park, the, 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 the club safety officer would then take, he would step back and take the advice from the referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why the, the match would be postponed. But when you look at it for that point, and, and another thing as well straight away is they would ask, how long is this? What's the chances of being recovered in such a period of time? Because then... As much as you could, oh, I half an hour, or, or if it was a Saturday afternoon, uh, 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 an amateur, um, well, no, it wouldn't happen, an amateur game, but another game, um, and you were thinking, right, four or five o'clock, right, okay, we're going to be delayed for an hour. So that's not a problem of being six and seven o'clock. But when it becomes into 11, uh, 12 o'clock, how do people get back the transport? So there's that whole thing you've got to look at it for that point. So the referee would have a say. But he would then take cognizance of the safety issue of it. Yeah, definitely. But Wilson, Kilmarnocker, joint top of League Windlenness, a 2 0 victory against Hamilton, who have a new manager, Stuart Taylor. Scott Robinson with both goals. How impressed were you with Kilmarnock yesterday? Yeah, it's another uh, fantastic result. And when you go and try and win leagues, you've got to go to your nearest rivals and win. Um, and that's exactly what Kilmarnock are doing. I thought Hamilton would, again, after coming down from the Premier, um, would be one of the ones that would obviously be fighting to get back up. 
Um, so going to uh, Hamilton Stadium, it's got five different names. I was going to call it Douglas Park. Um, it's, it's a great result. It sets up nicely for... Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Um, Kelly, home to Inverness next week, who's, who are as well undefeated. So I say, and I know, and I know we have a good laugh on here, etc. But I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that Command will win that league. I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think the the signs they've shown weren't at their best. I wouldn't have thought against Hibs uh, last week, which was quite disappointing. Um, but when it's when they've come up against opposition in the league, they, they, you know, they've certainly. The dispatched of AF Hamilton, who, who who will be up there in challenge, and so it's, it's all looking good just now. I thought Scott Robinson actually looked a bit rusty last week against Hibs, so maybe that's what it was. And his command scored um, yesterday, so stay still, still full of confidence. But big game against Inverness next Saturday. Yeah, definitely. We'll go through the results in the Championship. Wraith and the film was always postponed, as we mentioned. A bro three, Patrick Thistle one, Hamilton now Kilmarnock two, Inverness one, Air now Morton two, Queen of the South three. Wilson, your pal Dick Campbell, what a result for him. 3 1 against Patrick Thistle. That's a tremendous result for a both. Yeah, that is a good result. But what I would, what I would say, you know, yeah, Patrick have started well as well. But I don't think any team's going to enjoy going there. And I think that's where, you know, our, our both can um, pick up some points. Um, that's him up to fourth, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so. As I say, it's 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 good it's good for Dick as, as, as well. But I say that that's a scalp for me. I don't think I think a good few people had a party in their coupons on Saturday as, as in a way. Um, but hopefully she start a brighter things to come to keep Dick in his job this year because there was folk hounding for him to be sacked last year. Um uh, towards the end of the season, but uh, but, but well played and it's beaten one of Kelly's rivals, so that's always good as well. Yeah, definitely. Charlie, what was your result of the weekend in the championship? I think it's uh, I think it's hard to see by that um, with regards to there because you could, Queen of South Morton could have went either way. It did go in the last minute with regards to there. Uh, Air going up to Inverness, Cali uh, again that could have went either way for there. But one of the things is is Abroth being the part time club and COVID is still hanging about. So let's hope that that Dick can keep it safe and he can keep his players fit, healthy. And, and, and have a right good run at it because you're right, Mark, going up to your growth and a, and a, a, even a Saturday, never mind midweek, uh, on that park. And teams will know, teams will know like gone there. And, and, and Dick knows how he plays. Can you, you know how his team plays and, and, and they stick to that. Um, you talk about plan B, but sometimes he just goes, make plan A better, mate, for there. I think Kelly's be game has been changed to a Friday night as well. Yeah, it's Kelly's game, Friday is it? Friday night and I for the television, so hopefully the lights get. <laughs> I just just going back to the to the the Kilmarnock Hamilton game with regards to there. There must be something in the background when Brian Rice decides to leave, no telling anybody or anything. He's just that's me. I'm a, I'm uh, up and away. Especially the start of the season. Yeah, because the season stood by him and he and he's he's he's, he's all he loves football. He's a mm-hmm. passionate guy, so there must be something and. Grumbling away there. I don't know unless he's got another job. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Yeah, unless he's gone somewhere else. League Talbot. one. <laughs> League one. Alloa one. Queens Park one. Dumbarton one. Cove three. East Fife now. Montrose two. Falkirk three. Clyde now and Peterhead two. Airdrie three. Wilson Montrose and Falkirk joint top and ten points. What was your result of the weekend in League one? Eh. Uh... 
I, I did have a wee look at it, and I think you would possibly say any of the away wins, but I actually think Alawa getting the point against Queen's Park maybe gives the rest of the league a wake-up call that, you know, Queen's Park you know, can, can be beaten despite the money they've spent. Um, I think Cove are so far ahead in, te- in terms of personnel and, and whatnot. So I, I, I think Alawa's result will home to Queen's Park get, excuse me, getting a point. Is it probably a good point at this stage because Barry's had a bit of a, a sticky start. Charlie, what was your result of the weekend in League One? Yeah, yeah probably the same. And again, East Fife and Montrose going to East Fife, they're flying with regards to there. Cove, you would probably expect. Falkirk to beat Clyde, you would probably expect. For, so, I, Alawati, everybody's talking about Queen's Park because of what they've done moving. To a, a professional club, and don't get me wrong, they've had a, a wee manager change as well. So, so um, sometimes that can stunts the growth for there. Um, Montrose being at the top, that's. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Montrose as well, Stuart Petrie. You've got to take your hat off to him. The job he's done there, like weekend. Uh, sorry, season in, season uh, out. He's been there for a few years now, and last year he got a great result in a cup or something like that, if I remember right. Yeah, like, could have done now. I was on a coaching badge with him about 20 years ago when he was still, it was before he went to Australia and all that, and he was absolutely first class. Mm-hmm. Like, even then, as a young man, he was first class, he's coaching and all that. So, I'm pleased to see him doing really well. Yeah, definitely. He's trying to keep the consistency. He's trying to keep the consistency with it. He's trying to get him a bigger job. He did, you know, he, yeah. I think he deserves a shot higher up. No disrespect to Montrose, but I think he deserves well, Montrose, a shot higher up. Montrose are top. And then you've got Falkirk, who I believe are still full-time. Yeah. Queen's mm-hmm. Park are full-time. Mm-hmm. And, and third and Cove Rangers are full-time. And mm-hmm. fourth. So the, And then you've got Alawa coming in behind. It's a, it's, it's a stacked league, isn't it? There's a lot of yeah. teams in yeah. there. Who... Are, are Alawa full-time, though? No, no, I don't think so. No. no. I don't think so. But League 2, Albion 0, Aaron 1, Elgin 1, for 1, Kelty 1, Edinburgh City 0, Stenhouse Muir 1, Cowden Beath 1, Stranraer now still in Albion 3. Kelty stay top, Jamie Berzonis with a goal for Kelty against Edinburgh City. Anne in a third now, the third one in the bounce. No, sorry, they go second, it was second. the third one in the bounce. Still an impressive result over Stranraer. Wilson, what was your result of the weekend in League 2? Okay, I don't want to upset Jamie Hamill, but I think it was still an Albion's result, to be honest. Trying to go down to Stranraer, you know, and win 3-0. Um, and it, the result sounds as comfortable as it was. Um, so I, I would pick still in Albany. I think that, that's, that's a good a wee win for them. Yeah, definitely. Charlie, what was your result of the weekend in League 2? I, I, th- I, I thought, looking at it at that time, Kelty beating Ember City, because Ember City were there or thereabouts. Yeah, they're probably too big. And, that, and Kelty just coming into the league. Obviously, they've changed their manager and, and young young Kevin Thoms. Thompson's coming in there and, and driving them forward with regards to... to Trying to keep it going now, that's the big thing, isn't it? And Kelty trying to keep it going, keep the, the, the bubble Disney burst for there. Annan up, they, I don't remember right, they then got a, a, a thumping half a Sunday in, the, in that Premier Sports Cup or something down there for there. But Stenrara doing the bottom mark, and oh, Jamie, I'll I know, but happy. I just, I just always feel you know, going down there, so it's an absolute joint down there. And, and I've got to remember that. 
you've got to remember that the St. Rath players have done that journey as well now. Oh, well, aye, that's true. So, every can he... Every Just a bit my heart rule in my head. I'm a big fan of Jamie yeah. Hamill. So oh, I don't get it. He's a decent guy, nice guy, but you need to get results to get them off the oh, top there. Yeah, nice guy doesn't get you anywhere in football. It's yeah. a hard, it's a hard, hard place. And if you're the home team and you're driving an hour and a half to get down there, it's a hard, hard place. Yeah. We're going to touch on the, the Junior Cup and Thursday show, the Scottish Football Show Extra, where we'll cover the, the Junior Cup, all the action in the West and things like that. But we'll move into the action that will take place on Thursday night in the Europa League and Europa Conference League. We'll start with Rangers' trip to Armenia to face Alice Kerr. We've obviously won now from the first leg. Alfredo Morelos with a winner. Wilson, it's just a case of Rangers trying to just see this out and try not to avoid another bad result in Europe. I think I think if they can, you know, beat them with ten men, I'm quite sure they'll be able to beat them with eleven men on the park. As I say, I think again it's the it's the travel and all that, but I think Rangers should should be pretty comfortable um going and going, going there and probably probably go there and win the game actually. Um and, and just and just get through the tie. That that that's what all it's about at this stage. Just go there and get and get through the tie. And, and as I say, I think Rangers have enough within the squad, you know, to probably go there and win the game and not just rely on a you know a nil-nil or anything. Um so I'd be quite confident that Rangers going there comfortable 2-0 for me. 2-0, Charlie. What are we thinking for Thursday night? You ever been as far as Armenia? Where's the furthest place you've ever travelled? The furthest place I went to Kazakhstan. I went to Kairat Almaty and for there. Um, they, they played. That was to watch your Angels with Bobby Madden. They went to Kazakhstan, went to. Um, who else? Had? Who was it? Baku, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yeah, so I've been a few. And that's. This is the funny thing, guys. And see, my very first European game abroad was to Mitchelland. And you think to yourself, oh, you're going to a, a, a kind of mediocre team. No. See, when you see teams in new because of where you've been and what you've done, there's no easy games in Europe. I know that sounds uh, a cliche, but there isn't easy games because there's a couple of seasons ago. Mitchelland are in the in the Champions League group stages, um, mm-hmm. and then it for there. So, um, yeah, uh, where else I went to uh, Bosnia? That was not far away. I went there twice. Went to Sarajevo twice, back to back. Um, just <laughs> got there, done an under twenty one game, and within uh, three days I was back <laughs> for there. I uh, went to Qatar a few times as well. Uh, Tunisia, Hong Kong. Uh, well, I've been a few places. And for there, what's your thoughts for yeah. Rangers? Rangers yeah. game against Alice. Oh, they need to they need to up the performance, don't they? Because they were absolutely dreadful on Thursday night. Dreadful, and um, and going into the going away for him, and um, your defence, your, your your tactics, your setup needs to be spot on, and 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 two goals. And uh, you, you need obviously with the away goals been taken away now. It takes a wee bit of pressure off the the the, the kind of, uh, home leg from you if the, the team and it also it's no as as emphatic if you score away for him mm-hmm. and for that side so so Rangers the performance I, I think they need to go there and they need to perform if they play well 
and 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 win one now. I think everybody would be would be happy with that. But I think the performance in this case, they're up one nothing. So as long as they don't lose the game, but the performance is is as important as the result. Yeah, I think if you said to Stephen Gerrard, you'll go through to the next, you'll go through the group stages and you won't pick up any injuries. I think he would take it the now. So and if that's a one 0 result, yeah, right, I'll take that. Right, even a nil, nil, even a draw, just get back to Ibrox and focus on Sunday. I think that'll be the big thing for Rangers. But know, what's the part like? What, what's do we know anything about? Because you saw what Aberdeen. Do, do you think the opposition will take comfort? I mean, again, I, I can't really comment. I didn't watch the game, but do you think Alaska will take comfort at how poor Rangers were at Ibrox? Yeah, possibly. Possibly they will look at that. And that's, why, nah, that's why they'll need to up the performance. Yeah, mm. for there. Mm. It's always a cliche, isn't it? First 10 minutes, first 10, 15 mm. minutes, you batter a goal in there as the away team and you double your aggregate score. It, it, as, I, as I touched on earlier on the show, I, th- I think that's possibly, it could be the danger for both Celtic and Rangers going to extra time, possibly penalties, because the scores aren't. You know, it's not the ties in over in any of these games, uh-huh. you know. So, you know, it's feasible that Altmark can win 2 0 and feasible that Alaska can win 1 0 and it goes mm-hmm. to extra time and it, it, it adds to everything. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We'll move into Celtic. They face a trip to Altmar. They're obviously a, a fantastic 2 0 victory in the first leg through Furuhashi and Forest. Wilson, Altmar are a really good side, but Celtic. Just if they can get get over there and book their place in the group stages, they'll take that. Yeah, and it's exactly exactly as Charlie says. You don't concede early. Um, my worry is the, the kind of open way Celtic play. You know, better teams will be able to exploit that, and with Celtic's probably weakest part of the the team is their defence. Um, then it it could it could be a worry. Uh, but as I say, Celtic again. Celtic, I always felt, even last year, Celtic are a team that thrive with their, their own supporters there. So that's where I, I think it might be quite difficult for them. Is is he going to change and shut up shop? Is that I don't think that's his, his, no. his style, you know. So the, the, the openness, and I think Alma have definitely have the potential to exploit this. This is a massive game. But again, as I say, he could lose. You know, could lose and go out the tie. You know, on Thursday and one on Sunday, then you know, kind of all all's forgiven as such. But tough, tough, tough tie. So I would go maybe two two one Altmar, but Celtic maybe to sneak through. Yeah, Charlie, who be thinking for Altmar Celtic? I think it'll be similar to the first leg. I think Celtic will go out there and and really go and go for it and do what they have to do and see if they get one goal, two goals, then then they'll. Take their foot off the pedal and slow down, and then start to rest players and and that side of things. But I think they'll go bang, 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 and uh, I, I can see a, a, another two nothing victory, uh, four nothing in aggregate. Um, again, as I said earlier, I contradict myself here. They are vulnerable defensive wise, but I think uh, and 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 it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season. But I think Joe Hart will be one of the better signings for Celtic for the season and with him in there um, they'll know concede as many goals uh, on their travels Yeah, I think as well once they got as, as you say once they got a settled back four and a back four that the, pre- the preferred obviously brought in the right back do you still think Wilson Greg Taylor's good enough to be the, the full time Celtic left back? Mm, I do because I, I watched him for a few years at Kilmarnock um, and just where our season tickets are you know he played obviously down there 
a, a lot of the time. I think I think he's good. I just I sometimes think he's his causes came from command or sometimes I think that can affect him. And I think he's definitely one of the fall guys when, when things haven't been going right. Now, if you look at last season, you know, when they were all very, very poor, it was still him that seemed to get it eh, more, more, more than others, but at least he was trying, you know. And so I, I feel sorry for Greg. You know, if someone turned around and says, you know, we can get you, you know, Luke Shaw or one of these guys in, you know, Greg Taylor would be number two. I think. At the moment, yeah, I think he's good enough um, to be Celtic's left back. If Celtic were getting back to where they've been the last maybe eight or nine seasons and been well in front of the league and possibly get into the Champions League, then I think Celtic would need to definitely strengthen that area. The ball and goalie experiment didn't work. There's been others that have come in and played left back. It didn't work. Whereas I think Greg's, you know, consistent. You know, and I think playing with better players and playing in a winning team certainly helps his confidence. Um, but if someone, you know, and that's, and we, we, I said this last week, I'm sure Charlie tuned in and listened. Um, when you look at Rangers with Tavernier and Barisic, you know, they're, they're subs in effect or their second choices, Bassey and Patterson, who would arguably be first choice at every other SPL team, yeah. including Celtic. You know? Yeah. Um, so, as I say, I, I think Greg Taylor is good enough at the moment, but if Celtic have ambitions, of you know getting winning the league comfortably or getting to the top of the league, going into the Champions League next year, and then I think if there was there is possibly better out there that Celtic could attract. Sometimes you can be the 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 fall guy of the success of the player before. Because when oh, you look I, at yeah, yeah. when you look at Celtic and the left back, there's one jumps to mind, Ken Kieran Tierney for many, many years. What a player. And going in to try and fill that position, sometimes you don't get a yeah. wee bit of credit that you should get. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that'll I'll, I'll have a hindrance on, on the young boy. Yeah, definitely. But we'll finish up the, the the next two Europa Conference League games before we wrap up. Aberdeen versus Carabac. Wilson, obviously 1-0 to Carabac from the first leg. Can Aberdeen do it if it's all about their place in the Conference League? Mm, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm I was sitting thinking this before the show and I was actually thinking, I wonder what the odds are of all four Scottish teams going out. You know, as I say, um, Carabag got a decent outfit. Um, as I say, at Aberdeen, you know, out with, you know, Scott Brown. Um, these guys used to playing so many games. Um, a lot of the time, just obviously a very tough game at Tynecastle today. And that's, I, I just, I feel, I can see that as a one each in Aberdeen going out, you know. Um, and as I say, I have, I have the same kind of fear um, for St. Johnston as well. Now, again, you're, you're looking at it on paper and think, our oh, Celtic Rangers could comfortably go through. But uh, that, with performances recently, you know, the, the, and the results in the first legs, that uh, it is tough. Um, but I, I think Aberdeen could be the sticky one. I think that could end in a draw, one each. Okay, Charlie, what have we got? Yeah, I, I think this will be the hardest tie. Because... So if you're a betting man, bet five to Aberdeen, Charlie, if that's what I've predicted. So, money <laughs> Aberdeen. Yeah, there. Um, Carabag will come and absolutely spoil the game at every opportunity. And they'll bring time-wasting tactics. They'll bring that type of, of, of uh, mentality to it. 
and and Aberdeen can either do obviously one or two things is get involved in a kicking match with them or try and play through it. But I think this this will be a a really, really hard tie. Um might even go all the way, penalty kicks for there, because Carabag will no come and open up. They'll, they'll come and they'll sit and they'll stifle, they'll time waste, they'll do everything in the locker. Yeah. No, I think I, I can see that as well. One in the extra time, sneak a winner. As long as Stephen Glass doesn't keep changing his team, changing six and seven players, go with the settled team and take it for there. Yeah. And it's the same with St Johnston. St Johnston will, 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 I think they'll go and fling the kitchen sink at, every, at, at uh, Lask uh, and try and get through. Mm-hmm. Um, because they'll, they'll, they'll going again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because I remember the first time they went into the Europe, the Europe, they had to charter a plane for, which was about one hundred and twenty thousand pounds or something, and they only got about ninety thousand for qualifying. So they, <laughs> they got it as a loss. And just I, I can't even mind the exact figures, but it was something like that. But uh, they'll be still being a high from the previous round. You know, I mean, as much as uh, the, the, they've came from the, the Europa League against was Galatasaray. Galatasaray, yeah. Yeah, so they'll still be in a high. They'll be thinking, well, okay, we matched them for a period of time in the quality. Is, is, is Lask the same quality as Galatasaray? You can argue. But uh, on the night, I hope. It'll be interesting to see the odds of the four Scottish teams going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than going out, mm. I'll take that bet. Yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see to there. But I think, I think St Johnson, I'd like to see them scraping through it by difficult tie. It'll not be as difficult as the Aberdeen game. Um, but here's hoping to go through. Yeah, one goal by yeah. one goal. Yeah, I can see. I can see both teams go through. I think St Johnson probably have the the picked up the best result out of the two teams in the Conference League in the first leg, going to Austria and picking up a draw. Hopefully the home crowd can I see them through. I do agree with you, Charlie. I do think Aberdeen will find themselves really stifled against Karabakh. But as you say, if they can just avoid Karabakh scoring and get a goal, then it could completely change the, the ties. But I'm going. I can I can see all four teams going through comfortably. I can I can really see. I'll, I'll take the bet with Wilson. I think all four teams could go through. But it's going to be interesting as well. We will cover the the results of that on the Scottish Football Show Extra on Thursday night. We'll be getting out on Friday morning. We've also got a really busy week coming up on the channel. A lot of really fascinating interviews and videos that will be going out over the week. Wilson, Charlie, we're going to wrap up the show there. Thank you very much for coming on. As always, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, Scott. And good luck to all the, t- the teams in Europe last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Scott, thanks for the invitation. Good to see you again. Brilliant. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Please subscribe to our social media channels and follow us everywhere on our podcast and YouTube pages. We'll see everyone soon. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Cheers.